There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I lost myself on a cool, damp night. I gave myself in that misty light. I was hypnotized by a strange delight. Under a lilac tree I made wine from the lilac tree I put my heart in its recipe It makes me see what I want to see And be what I want to be When I think more than I want to think I do things I never should do I drink much more than I ought to drink Because it brings me back you Hello everybody and welcome back to a brand new season of Rule the Roost podcast um, Raj is still otherwise engaged he is actually literally engaged and uh as a result is often quite busy so uh you're gonna be you can be lumped with me for for at least this opening and I've enlisted the help of a of a, a of a tottenham face and a good pal of mine go by the name of Phil you might know him as at because that's you know that's the age we live in now and it at single malt suds on on the twitter if I'm to go all Adam Buxton about it, but uh, how you doing, Phil? Welcome to welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. We we did we we you were uh, you were first on the billing on that historic, if I say so myself, Amsterdam uh, compilation pod. How did, how did it feel having that honour bestowed upon you? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I thought it was like about time. I'm surprised it took that long, to be honest. But I guess you you're making up for lost time now, aren't you? Well, I said, man, keep keeping you keen because that's that's how I know I can get the best juices out of you. It's like a it's like a fine wine, keeping you in that oaky barrel and uh, just you know, twisting the twisting the nozzle as and when. And I know you'll bring the A game. That's it. So I will. No we, pressure. I guess they're going to be talking about Spurs because it's now suddenly got a bit a bit awesome wells. Yeah. I'm onto wine already. <laughs> Um, it, that's uh, it'll probably be referenced throughout this pod. If if anybody, oh, so I'll get it out of the way. Basically, if any of you haven't uh, seen Orson Welles's old uh, Paul Masson advert, uh, well, the outtakes of at least, um, although the actual completed advert itself is is equally hilarious. Just uh, yeah, just Google, Google, fucking hell, da. Uh, go onto YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> go onto YouTube and search for Paul Masson, Awesome Wells, because um, yeah, you know it's probably important to get that out of the way, and it Phil, because we're we're going to be going back to that throughout. Uh, so, definitely, yeah. In fact, you should probably pause now and just watch it, yeah, and then come back to us. I think that's probably a that's a good shout thing to do. 
Yeah. 102, take two. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So Paul Masson. Do you want to fucking host this, mate? Is that <laughs> yeah? Usurping me already. You could be in Raj's DMs in a minute. Hello, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah I think he's fallen off, mate. Yeah. Need some new blood in. He knew that years ago. It's, it's why he's not here now recording with me. He's had enough of me. Christ, that old ball bag. Leave me alone. Um, Tottenham Hotspur. We are here to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. It's a Tottenham Hotspur podcast after all. And uh, it's uh, the first of the first of the new season. Um doesn't really feel like a new season, does it? No, no, it doesn't. It's um, obviously strange times, and um, <laughs> just just to put it lightly, yeah. Um, and it's yeah coming hot on the heels of the mini season, I guess you have, because that's that's how that felt. Um, yeah, and it just it just felt like it was a stone throwaway. So it was just more like a elongated international break. It felt like. Well, how, how many how many weeks was it? Well, the the post COVID the, the break. Well, it wasn't even well, post COVID, was it? To be honest, like the no. the forced mid pandemic, <laughs> for not commercial reasons, honest. No, uh, no, no, not to for the good of the country's at morale. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, to be fair, I did really enjoy it. Annoyingly, so I did. Yeah, after the first first game I think I, I was struggling with the first game, seeing the team come out, not to be like a snowflake about it, but seeing the team come out with like all their physios and um, staff behind them all like in basically hazmat suits. I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's a bit but rank, then, you know, it? Yeah, then I think we went a goal up against United. I was like, all right, forget about that. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. I'm not sure how many weeks it was, but yeah, like you say, it was, it, I don't know, it was almost like a sort of, pre-season tournament wasn't it like a warm-up yeah and yeah. on reflection Spurs did pretty well yeah so in keeping with a, a pre-season tournament where we usually do well and then that gives us kind of like high expectations for the season that comes after it which is when we're usually terrible so <laughs> set your expectations low for tomorrow in Orleans I know that's it right like there's uh Spurs stat man he, he put out a, a tweet saying that yeah. Jose Mourinho I think he's at every club he's been at, he's undefeated on the opening day of the season. He's won all of them, <laughs> but one that he's drawn. So, uh, welcome to Tottenham, Jose. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Does it? Uh, well, I mean, we'll go into the game in a bit more detail a bit later on. But yeah, on a top-down level, are you? I mean, how are you feeling going into the new season? Are you feeling quietly optimistic, or do you think you've got a decent sort of level of expectation? Um, do you know, I think I have no expectations. I'm just kind of, as much as I had, I got hard to get my head around it coming back after, you know, pro- when during Project Restart, trademark. Yeah. I, I'm just going into this thinking it's just nice to have something else to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I really don't have any expectations. I see people talking about who's going to finish top four and I just can't really get my head around it. Plus, you know, like how many times have we been, you know, I'm 37, right? watching Spurs for mainly my whole life 
and going into each season and trying to make any sort of prediction about anything, even when teams have signed like, you know, amazing players and stuff like that, it's just a fool's errand. So I've kind of learned that, that you just, it, it, it's not worth it. It's, it's, it. it's having any kind of expectation or trying to find some sort of idea of form or anything like that, especially now, you know. It's, yeah. It's not, so, yeah. I think the thing I've been quite surprised about, like just seeing what the commentariat have been going on about and everything is that there seems to be now this sense that, and I think this is wrapped up within the bigger picture of coronavirus I've mm -hmm. got a caveat this with but it does seem to be that any of the nuance to the discussion that was say held with Project Restart as in like it's going to be hard to really get a grip on what football actually means has just kind of completely gone out the window. Yeah, everyone's yeah. a bit like, right, well, this is this is this, and this is what the top four is going to be. And I mean, it's it's still a really bizarre time. I mean, we're still gonna uh, if I if I'm correct in saying like there's still gonna be like measures put in place that if teams have isn't it if 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 players are found to be positive uh having coronaviruses kind of this is a sanctions against the teams or oh, i don't know I, I didn't hear about that did i probably just made that up i don't really know what's real anymore but you know great content great, yeah great content. <laughs> but just I, I don't know it just seems strange though. we're still kind of facing a season without fans in the stands you know this kind of yeah. weird dystopian vision of like cardboard cardboard cutouts i don't know if you saw that uh that image it was floating around yesterday that somebody was saying like you know here's here's the vision of 2020 and it was like a uh baseball stadium in la where it was just like this hellish backdrop of wildfires <laughs> smoke and an empty stadium with just all these like motionless cardboard spectators watching some people knocking a ball about in it you know and it's just yeah. it's haunting it was horrible excellent metaphor for the times we live in i think yeah and uh, sports still going on despite everything in the background um but it it, it does go on indeed and i just I, th I think you sort of touched on it there in in the respect that like it I think having sort of no expectation, really. I mean, I, I don't think I've got no expectation. I've got a sort of level of, well, expectation that we're <laughs> going to be all right. I don't think it's going to be a catastrophe. I think, I, and I don't mean this, I say this in a in a uh, purely sporting context because I get that it's quite a crass thing to say, but COVID really did Tottenham a favour. Like, oh, we massively, were massively, careering. Yeah. We had about, what, like four fit players before you know everything went tits up and yeah. uh you know so I, I i don't believe we'd be sitting in a position where at least having finished in a position that we did um were it not for that um and i, I don't i don't want to go as far as to say that we should be thankful for it because you know that's something you can't just strip the context of life away from this to suit a sporting agenda but you know it, it did spurs a favor and I, you know i think we can all sort of agree on that um so i mean but it, it did also kind of go to show that perhaps a lot of the kind of doom and gloom mongering that followed the departure of pochettino 
was probably a bit premature that you know he predicted himself that we were going to have a painful rebuild and it looks like yeah. we've come I don't think we're fully there obviously it's going to take a few seasons it took Klopp a good few years to get Liverpool fully rolling but you know I think you can start to see that we do look like something new um and there are new pieces being integrated and uh, we can start one of those on, our, I believe, our first signing of the summer, who was yeah. uh, I, I still, I still actually can't spell his name. I've got, on the piece of paper of my little notes I've written in front of me, I've got H-O-I-J-B-J-E-R-G. Uh, I think it's... The O with like the line through it, right? And yeah. I don't know if that then negates the need for an I. I know no. that's the case in, like, German with Müller, and it's J's either side of the B. That's how I remember it. Hodgebjug. Hodgebjug. <laughs> I was I was still ending it on like a hard G. So yeah. we're all learning, mate. We're all learning. It's José, and it's Hoibier. <laughs> well, it's probably not even that. I don't know. And Doherty, but we get to him in a minute. Doc, the Doc. Um, but yeah, Hoibier. What's your general reflection on him thus far? What I mean, um, how did you meet the transfer first of all, and then how have you sort of felt about him from what you've seen of him in pre-season? So, if I recall, we were linked to him um, at the end of last season, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's when his name popped up, and immediately it's just like, yes, that's it. That's the exact player we need. Someone who's not going to cost an arm and a leg because of you know where we are, and you know again with football as a whole having basically no money well they've got enough money to pay their players but not their staff but anyway that's a different matter um and just a functional player who is you know what our team's crying out for and so yes it's one of those when as soon as you hear the name you're like yep that's fine that's great again it might not be like a, a headline signing and but i think that's what football fans kind of forget about and I don't know if it that's because of like this FIFA ultimate team you need all like the best players in each positions and, and whatever but there is certainly a point where you actually just need players who are just going to you know not to use a cliche but to keep it simple and you know, that that's probably doing him a bit of a disservice you know he's uh his um mentality and the way he speaks is just the most impressive really and he's still what is he only like 23 and he's got bags of experience as well so yeah really pleased really pleased that we got it done quickly as well then that he i think his that position was the most important one to get in before pre-season started so yeah i'm very happy like you touched on there like he's got a lot of experience i mean he's he's come through like one of the most elite academies in in world football really in the buying setup and although people can whatever say well you you can't be that good he didn't he didn't make it a buy but uh, you know Sometimes people just peak at, at different times, don't they? You know, and it's yeah, it's it's not a bad place to have your 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 football foundation. And I think from what I've seen in his interviews and everything like that, he seems to be very much wired in that elite way. If you get what I mean, yeah. he, he's he's got the. I, I, it doesn't even seem like disingenuous chat. He's got that kind of basically jockey alpha type mentality of like yeah yeah let's uh let's win we're here to we're here to win matches you know and it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know decent um i do quite like him i've i'm if you know it's a, it's a very small 
catchment. I, I do think, like from what I've seen of him in in pre-season, um, his technique looks a little bit ropey. Still, he looks a little bit rusty. I don't think he's like. I don't think he's going to like come in and be transformative immediately. Um, I sort of, I think I had this idea that he was going to come in and suddenly like the midfield was going to be unlocked and we were going to have like not only the midfield unlocked but our attacking band unlocked. Yeah. And then you suddenly like, it's, yeah, it's quite a bit of pressure just to place on on one lad's shoulders. But uh, he does also like what I, what I do really like about him is he looks very mobile. Right, he looks quite hard, but he also looks pretty nimble. He's not he's not just one of these like great plodders in midfield that yeah. you know, he's not like this battering ram type DME player, is he? That I kind of maybe thought naively that he was because to be honest, I, I haven't really watched a lot of him in Southampton other than when we played him. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And my idea was just like you know he was a sort of decent version of a. Danny Drinkwater sort of player, do you know what I mean? Like, as in, he's good, and like you were saying, it's it's there are some players that just need to be there to be functional. I think like a, a you know a very relevant example to this at the moment is Jordan Henderson. If you look at what he yeah, has yeah. contributed to Liverpool successes over the past couple of years, not a not a patch on a player like Gerrard, in my opinion, but has been more successful and has potentially been the fulcrum of the team in some ways, which seems quite bizarre to say, but there you have it. So, uh, Yeah, and I think in the first pre-season game, he seemed to be playing quite far forward than what I had expected him. Again, I, I kind of saw him as just someone who's going to be disciplined and sit and, you know, obviously Lo Celso wasn't playing beside him. I just see him, as, as you touched on there, that he is the sort of player... Again, it doesn't need to be particularly flashy. It just needs to have someone who's disciplined and who can marshal people around him and be that platform for our attacking unit, which is one of the best in the league on paper. But we just need the kind of structure behind them. So, again, I don't expect him to be kind of charging up the pitch and, and whatever. Again, it might be doing him a disservice just to say he's there to break up play. But, you know, he is there to kind of just be that anchor I think again. I don't really do the old tactic stuff, but there you go. Yeah, I, no, I do. I I know what you mean, and I think that the like sort of like as a as a wider point, I do think because uh, I'm I'm guilty of this myself. I'm not saying that this is like some failing in other people that I, an intellectualist, so above. But I mean, I am a little <laughs> bit. Um, yeah. I was about to call you on that, but but. Uh, <laughs> but our our attacking options are some of the best in the league and thus in Europe, in the world, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we can lose sight of that, that we're, we're always looking for like that big marquee that's going to kind of yeah. push us on in that level. But when you think about it, like at least Son and Kane would be a massive marquee signing for any club in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Like they would be... Yeah. There'd be gargantuan, game-changing acquisitions for, I would honestly say, any club in the world. Um, yeah. And then behind that, the tier down from that. Yep, yeah, I, I get that. There's, you know, there's still contrasting opinions on him, but Deli Ali, for my money, is still a very talented footballer who could go on to somewhere like Bayern 
and you know mm-hmm. reinvent himself, have a brilliant career. We all know he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, he's yeah. got Bergwijn, Lucas in there. I mean, Lucas again. We kind of we compare him to the likes of Son and Kane, and get a bit down on him myself as much as anyone. He he frustrates me a lot, but again, a very talented footballer who would you know command the place in most squads in the Premier League. I would say. Um, yeah, so, exactly. Squads. Yeah, you know we've got we've we've got a lot of talent up there that's very hard to improve upon, but. What I feel that you know, maybe it was a failing of Levy, maybe it was a feeling of po- a failing of Pochettino. Who knows? But it seems to be that whether it's by circumstance or whether it's by design, at the moment Tottenham are very concerned with improving the baseline of the squad. You know, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, how can we make this these top end acquisitions? Actually, let's see, we've got quite a lot of dross or not a lot of depth in a lot of other positions. And we can actually just up the baseline and then, as you say, provide more of a foundation for that exceptional talent that we already have to flourish. Um, Mm -hmm. As just whilst we're on Hoybier, were you you disappointed to see Carl Walker-Peters go in the end? Um, Not disappointed, no. I think just... um because it was part of that deal i think that that was a you know an excellent it wasn't a direct exchange was it but i think that both clubs got a good deal out of that and it's i think it's very bizarre was, wasn't it that yeah yeah i mean you don't get straight player swaps anymore anyway do you but um i don't know for whatever reason but um i think it's a good move for him as well i just i don't know what it was with him he just he never inspired a hell of a lot, hell of a lot of confidence when i saw him all right you can argue that he didn't you know, get get a clear run in the team, but there was just something that wasn't quite um, the level that I think that we wanted or needed or thought we needed or whatever. So he he's 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 good enough to be a starting player for a team like Southampton, but you know he, his career could have got, just gone down the pan if he was battling third choice right back at Spurs. That didn't really make any sense. So I think that all in all, it's good. Good for everyone involved. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you know, you, it's hard to know how much kind of the whatever led to Pochettino's decision to not really have a lot of confidence in him. Um, mm. So it's hard to know really how much that kind of I would probably say lack of faith a lot of the time in him from Pochettino has impacted his confidence and impacted his career as a result because I always sort of felt that technically speaking there's a there's a decent player in Carl Walker Peters that we saw flashes of it that yeah you know like you know he yes right yeah he made a massive mistake you know in a, in a crucial away game at the new camp uh, against you know an 80 million pound attacker um and gave away a goal but then for the rest of that Barcelona game in the Champions League he had a brilliant performance he was very composed yeah. and we saw him in like kind of you know the Newcastle game start of last season or maybe the season before when he he started the game and he was man of the match and he was he just looked brilliant but I mean, the the only way I can put this is in a gammon way, is that he just he just oh. seems like a bit of a pussy. He seemed he always seemed quite timid. 
You know, that yeah, was, yeah. That was always my kind of thing with him that he just seemed. Like, oh, do you mind if I tackle you? Like, I, yeah, you know, yeah. and it, it just it's it's almost a bit like Sessignon at the moment, where they just seem to like second guess everything that they're doing, and he just seemed like he was too much in his own head, and you know. I, I, it's a shame that it didn't work out because, like I said, I do think that there is a decent player there, and I, I still think Ori is a, a catastrophe, really. Um, mm-hmm. But it hasn't worked out, and hopefully, you know, he, he, he'll have a new lease of life at Southampton because they do seem to really like him. Um, the fans were buzzing for if Twitter's kind of anything to go by when they announced it. Uh, he seemed really happy, so. Maybe that's just the new lease of life he needs. I mean, I, I never really want to buy too much into this kind of like two years down the line. If he suddenly gets bought by Man City, everyone does it. Ah, look, you know, Spurs let no, him go. No, it doesn't and work like that. It, it doesn't, though, does it? You know, no. sometimes it just, for all we know, Hoybier is going to be great for us. And it doesn't mean we're going to be like, ah, Bayern. You know, it just, it it's... <laughs> It just imagine having a nerve. Yeah, no, exactly right. They'd be like, "Yeah, all right, that's a nice one." Yeah, who? What? what? One? Carlin Cup. Yeah, great. Well, what is it? Carabao <laughs> Cup now, isn't it? Yeah, well done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a bit of an old school preseason. That's what I sort of wanted to touch on as yes. well. Yeah, I, I quite liked that. Um, I mean, I know that you know there's a lot of anger about fixture pile up and what have you at the moment. Um, and I do think there's a bit of a kind of selective memory there, as in, you know, usually we're off in America four or five days before the season starts anyway. So mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. much as a trip to Bulgaria is probably not ideal, I don't I don't think it's as aberrative as people make out, shall we say, that players have a certain amount of strain placed on them at the start of the season, um, unique to the Europa League, I should say. The circumstances in which we are playing at the moment are very much an aberration. This was it Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday for two weeks yeah. in a row, which is pretty horrendous. But what's promising as far as that's concerned is that in this uh, pre-season, probably more so than I can recall for a very long time, we saw a lot of youngsters blooded and quite a few of them look look pretty handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sort of, I've just written down here basically, Kirkin, because for my money, he's the one that I can, basically I can see why we're not really looking at or have been linked to many other left backs because the lad looks quite mustard, I thought. Yeah, definitely, and I think he was highly regarded um, end of last season, wasn't he? Didn't he? he made the bench a couple of times? I seem to recall. Feels like so long ago now, it does but um, yeah. So and he, he didn't let anyone down at all, did he? And he just looked, as you say, just kind of confidence, had that self belief. You know, going back to kind of Carl Walker Peters, that that element of not being quite so sure of himself on the ball. I don't know. That's just kind of a sense you get. You get. There's probably hundreds of examples where he was completely confident, but. Sirkin, is it Kirkin or Sirkin? I'm not sure, to be honest. Right. Um, Whoever he is, he's uh, he just seemed very comfortable and decent. And I think you're right. I think there's no need to kind of necessarily sign a left back. I mean, if one comes available, I think we probably will, and we can. Then I think we will. But um, that that's not a huge area of concern for me. We've got Davis, who is again solid 
Sestignon, who um, again is a bit of a timid lad at the minute, I think. But um, it's 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 not an area that I think we have to be hugely concerned about. But yeah, but Sirkin has been uh, been good, and I kind of expected him to be as well. If you know what I mean, I, I know that that's a bit strange to say when it's like a young player who's never really stepped foot on the pitch before, but you just get a sense the way the way some players are talked about and, and mentioned in press conferences or, or, or whatever that, that they, they have what it's they have what it takes to kind of at least make that first step into the first team and then see where they go from there. Yeah, I think we kind of like you know, I think you whatever, I mean there'll be a debate that will rage on about how good they are for an elite um kind of club and whatever. But like you're saying there, you know, there wasn't a lot of fanfare around like Winks or Skip, for example. They were just kind of like lads that were like solid that stepped up yeah. into the first team, and you're like, yeah, they they look like a, a foot like just a Premier League footballer, you know. Mm. Um, mm. How transformative or not they are for Spurs and whatever, you know, if they're at a level we need, and I, I'm not really concerning myself with that. I'm just saying that they look like a viable squad option and that's what Kirkin looks like to me he looks like as you've said there just assured he just looks yeah. like that sort of lad that just knows yeah I'm, I'm good enough to play at this level I I just yeah. am you know and and I, I, th I think as you said about having to go to Bulgaria I think that that is suddenly a very uh, much less of a difficult place to go I know like traveling there is going to be a pain but there's not going to I assume there's not going to be any again I haven't looked this up but I assume there's no fans allowed in stadiums in Bulgaria either so that suddenly means that the atmosphere there usually is... isn't anyway is there out there because they're all no. <laughs> they've all been banned yeah yeah um the so yeah so that's suddenly not that kind of cauldron atmosphere that you might think oh it could yeah. be tricky if we don't put the right team out so that does open up the space for um, players like him to get a run out and you know doesn't necessarily put the strain on other areas of the squad that we have to make everyone travel I quite like uh, it seemed to be anyway from the from the friendlies at least that Mourinho sort of I don't even think he's trying to work Sessignon out I just think he sees him as quite a versatile option because it seemed to be that some games he'd start at left back and then Kirkin would come on and he'd push him further forward take Son mm. off you know, so I, I think it, it doesn't hurt to have a player like Sessignon that can operate pretty much down yeah. the left flank. I still, I in my head, I still see him as like a more attacking kind of option, really. Um, I think so, yeah. Even though he, I think, you know, he was a, initially a left back and he sort of said not long ago, really, he sees himself as a left back. He grew up watching Ashley Cole and everything like that, but... Mm. I don't know, he just, he, it's hard to say, isn't it? But, uh, you know, I think given that we know that Mourinho likes this kind of approach of, you know, a sort of back four that turns into a back three as the game progresses. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, we were only really able to see that on the right last year with Aurea, with Davis moving inside. Um, but, but potentially now with Sessignon, you know, we might be able to do something like Sanchez, Dyer and uh, Alderweireld at the back who become that back three. So it's maybe Dyer starting on the right or Sanchez starting on the right, if you like. But yeah. 
doing that. And that's how it should role. be, really. I mean, this yeah. this this idea of like a static formation doesn't make any sense. You want players where mid game with or without the ball, you can shift and and uh, you know set up differently as the game progresses. Um, but just go, going back to like pre season and and your point about us not flying to America to play this pre season tournament, which is like still a tournament, so you kind of still have to play your best players because it's a PR exercise and it's Against televised. The old, uh, Kansas City wizard sleeves and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly you've got to win it, and then so the, the the manager has less kind of opportunity to just kind of try things out. I mean, obviously, you know we played youngsters in those tournaments as well but they're playing at playing at home and I think maybe, maybe this is Mourinho's approach to pre-season anyway that he would just be like no this is just a, a chance for me to try things out to see players in certain um, uh, situations and positions and so I think it's been a positive in that sense as well again we shouldn't be keep beating this drum for COVID's a good thing but it's um, <laughs> just trying to look at trying to look on the bright side of things isn't it that's it mate silver linings and all that Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honouring highly requested new colours for their award winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with Burrow you always get fast free shipping Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, Joe Hart, I mean, I think everyone's probably sick to death of everyone talking about... I think it's been the most seismic third-choice keeper signing... <laughs> In the fucking history of football, people losing yeah. their asses, other people losing their asses, defending him. I mean, you can you can debate all you like about the you know a voice about the place and what have you, but mm. you know, I personally feel it is a thing. Um, I think we've kind of one of the. I, I mean, I, every again, everyone's done this one to death. Can't really be asked to go on about all or nothing too much, but. I think one of the things that has become clear, for me at least, is that love him as I do, um, there is just something to see in Harry Kane shout at the team, a yeah. sort of young lad who does lead by example, is a driven, fantastic footballer. But I just feel that, you know, when he's shouting, like, come on, let's fucking have it, and all this sort of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of lads in there being like, well, who are you to tell yeah. me? You know, you ain't one fuck all. Whereas yeah. someone like Larice doing it, World Cup winner, they are suddenly all like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah, yeah, Hugo's yeah, yeah. back. You know, the, yeah, when Hugo came back and he started shouting at everyone, the lads are all suddenly like, "Oh shit!" And then you're like, "All oh, right, that, that, that's it? that's why." Like you know, again, we can debate the morality of this, but that's why he wasn't stripped of captaincy because 
he's the captain. He commands captain. that dressing room. Yeah. You can mm. see it. And I, I still get an air of there's a little bit of fuck off, Harry, your job's worth. Do you know what I mean? Like when he sort of tries to give him the right act. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bless him. I don't think he necessarily kind of inspires the same sort of uh, commanding presence or confidence as Hugo obviously does. And just on Joe Hart, I have to say, like, from from the outside of looking at Joe Hart's career, whenever he was on, like, TV, you know, whatever, I couldn't stand him. I absolutely couldn't stand him. Just his demeanour. So I... I I've never been like a Joe Hart fan. You know, I've never really given him a second thought, to be honest. I just no. like whenever I've seen him grinning after winning the League Cup or whatever, I've just been like, oh, I hate to have him at Spurs. Just because of the character that I kind of yeah. thought he was. Fucking shampoo. But then swipe. signing him as a... Yeah. <laughs> and then just signing him as a third-choice keeper. Me, even the person who, you know, when we played Burnley at Wembley, when we beat him in the last minute, when Joe Hart was like, wasting time from the 30th minute or something i lost control of myself and gave him absolute pelters so my point is that i'm not in any way a fanboy of joe hart if there is such a thing but he's third choice keeper mate like why why are you losing your mind about it so when when we linked with him, i was like all right makes sense homegrown whatever but from piece pre-season what we've seen I want to say, I don't think we need fans back in the stadium. Just stick mm. Joe Hart in the, in the stands, right? Because he just, the noise he makes. And it's something you don't even notice that you didn't have until it's kind of in front of you, right? Mm. That kind of like commanding presence. So yeah, and people I, I, get so wound up about things like this. And it's just like, go and read a book or something, mate. Have a wank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least just have a poo and a cup of tea. You know, yeah, yeah. Right. Just do something else other than what you're doing right now because it's a waste of time. They're not going to read your reply on Spurs official and be like, "Oh shit, hang on a minute, this guy really doesn't like Joe Hart." Joe, mate, sorry, it's not going to work out. Yeah, it's not. And just come on. I just also just on a on a very base level, I think there's that kind of thing of like when somebody like Joe Hart shouts at you on a just on a on a human level, and you get that sort of like. Like you might do in a moment of like, oh fuck off! Who are you to tell me what to do? And you can be like, yeah, all, all one, the time, basically. One, two, yeah. Yeah, but like, I won two Premier Leagues, mate. Like, yeah. so you know, maybe listen. Yeah, it's, yeah. I can't. Remember, you remember there's that little exchange a few years back when uh, I think when he was a, a bit more cocky, a bit more full of himself. Mm. When Delhi Alley skinned Ashley Young or something, there's that sort of infamous like, oh, you you got your Zimmer frame. Ash or something, and I think Young replied like, "No, nah, I've just got my Premier League winners medals, mate." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just kind of like, yeah, it's still, it's Fair still point. that little like zinger in it, like yeah. You know? yeah so yeah. no comeback from that. No, and uh, you know maybe like, I don't want it to be too toxic, and I, I, I do think there's a there's a level of pantomime to uh, you know, let's be honest, Mourinho knows the cameras are mm. on, like. All this, mm-hmm. you got to be nasty cunts and all this type of stuff. I think there's a level Pant- of bravado. Pantomimes are shite, mate. When was the last time you went to a pantomime? <laughs> uh, Terrible, absolute weird. He's behind British you. nonsense. It is anyway. twee, isn't it? It's all, yeah, absolute load of shit. The people who like pantomimes are the people that get angry about <laughs> Royal Britannia not being sung at the proms anymore. Look, <laughs> there's, there's a place to the prom. I'm just going to touch on this now, right? 
Because Uh-oh. everyone Uh-oh. knows this is a this is a noncy, snowflakey, whatever you want to call it, melty pod. So you know, Royal Britannia, right? It's about fucking slavery and all this shit. So if you want to start going on about like we ended slavery and you know be like great Britain's awesome because we ended slavery, stop fucking singing songs about it. The song's shite as well, anyway. There's a lot of very good patriotic <laughs> songs that you can get behind that aren't fucking twee, jam sandwichy in milky tea, scoffing fucking fodder. Shut yeah. up. Like, just shut the fuck up. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's got the word never like three times back to back. That's, that's just it's, lyrically that terrible. Bad, bad songwriting, isn't it? It's like, the old, remember that old Razorlight song? I really, really wish I could be somewhere else. I really, yeah. really wish you could write a better song, Borrow You Can. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sorry sorry about that. Um, there was, there's another one that's been kicked out of the proms. What's the other one that they want to get rid of? They. The the PC they. elite. The... The, yeah. I, I don't know. That's the sort of thing that these days I just I just ignore the bullshit with it. Just like I don't care about the proms. No. Just not going to watch it. No. I like Nimrod. Nimrod's a good one. And... Jupiter and all that. I think those are decent patriotic. Quite like Jerusalem as well, if I'm honest. You know, reminds Damn me of uh, reminds me of my Gren when she was going when she had dementia. She's probably senile. She'd just burst into singing Jerusalem sometimes. I'd sing along with her, and she'd get quite Full happy. Crusade regalia. Yeah, and she'd come she'd come back a bit out of the out of the out of the fog. You know, it was quite one of those nice things. If I was more cynical, I'd. Have Taken a video and tweeted it. Do you know what I mean? And being like, "Look, yeah, 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 yeah. but I don't do that because it's weird." No. Um, everyone copes in their own way. Sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> this is like see, <laughs> that was the most disingenuous the, caveat. Anyway, <laughs> the thing is, right, we're thirty-eight minutes in now. So, yeah, anyone who's actually invested in Roll the Roost is still listening and will be used to this type of shit. That's that's the way I justify it. What I've already done is caught the kind of like. 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so that inflates the stats. And I've done the mm-hmm. the football chat. This is where it all goes off the rails. Do you know what I mean? So this is where you yeah. can start swearing and doing all your sort of sexist stuff, mate, that you say to me off air. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Phil doesn't really do that, full, full disclosure. I'm the one right. running you in. Yeah, generally speaking. Not even from like a, oh, you can't say that, but just a, mate. Yeah, can't make it. Have a word. <laughs> Yeah, having a quiet pint. Yeah. <laughs> Always summit with you, isn't it? Why are you standing on the table, mate? Uh, you know, yeah. Put Stop sh- singing Robert Canyon. Get- Put your shirt back on. <laughs> yeah, like no one needs to see it. Um, right, right. You uh, you jumped ahead earlier, right? Sorry. So you need to wind your neck in early when you brought up Never. fucking Doherty, mate. Right, ahead of yeah, schedule. Doc- but, no. but the point I was making and shows you weren't actually listening, but it's Doherty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. I didn't say Very Doherty, good. did I? Maybe I did. Oh. No, you said Doherty. It's it's in between the two. Oh, what is it? Doherty. Like a... <laughs> is it like a gut yeah. hole? Like one <laughs> yeah. of them. It's exactly that, yeah. Doherty. <laughs> Doherty. <laughs> Do you have to say um, like Doherty? Doherty. It's like you, it's like you skip over the skip over the, the sea. Doherty. Doherty. Uh, yeah, Matt Doherty. Um, now I, I spoke to as you know, as you do as a progressive kind of liberal-minded, not one to stereotype whatever person. Um, as soon as we signed him, 
I asked my Irish mate, <laughs> is he good? Um, <laughs> and my Irish mate, shout out to uh, Jack Gallagher. It's probably Gallagher as well, wasn't it? Um, if we're talking probably. about Doherty, it's probably Gallagher. But um, Jack, anyway. Of... I have to say, I don't actually know if that Doherty stuff is true, right? I've just, I just realised I was explaining, but you know, I haven't actually bothered to check it out. Oh, anyway, see. carry on. I see. Um, I'm probably right. But Jack, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a good lad actually. He's a, he's a writer for Ninety Men, so read his stuff. Um, but he, uh, he reckons low key that uh, he could be one of the signings of the summer. Um, I've no, I've no idea at all how we got that over the line for so cheap. To be honest, it feels quite I mean, bent, doesn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say I've got I've got some idea, and I think it's the fact that it's the Wolves George Mendes Mourinho connection. That's I mean I don't know if they have they signed anyone because I thought that's what was going to happen that they were going to ship him out to do Jose a favor and then get a, a replacement left back in right back. Sorry, um, but I haven't again. I haven't really paid attention to what Wolves are doing, but um, so I don't know. But yeah, um, a great deal for us. What ham? What did he have like? Two years left on his contracts. I think so. We got him for peanuts, like, though, didn't we? Like Twelve mil. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Yeah, like it almost insultingly low, but you know, great. And you know, you say bent, and football has been bent for decades. And I think that we've yeah. always been a bit too. Um, Probably the past century. Lily really, white. Yeah, yeah. Ever since, ever since someone charged someone to go and watch it, right? Um, ever since someone moved from Woolwich, and then uh, yeah, yeah. paid to not get relegated. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think brilliant. I think I'm, I'm quite surprised because he he has been really good for the last couple of seasons for Wolves, and he, you know he's got really good sort of attacking returns. Um, don't know. In, in ter- again, in terms of position, if he was more of a a wing back for Wolves, I think he was. I don't. So I, you know, again, it depends how we're going to play him, but. Um, just an excellent, solid sign. I'm, I'm all yeah. for these like square-headed blokes that we're signing. Joe Hart, Hoybier, Matt Doherty, just square-headed, functional blokes. I can imagine them having like bollocks shaped like cola cubes. Do yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, I... yeah. Very, 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 just neat and just sits in there like Lego. Yeah, that's it. Clicks together. Right. Yeah. He just. He's. Like you say, it's sort of like one I suppose you'd never really considered. Like you always look at him from the outside and just think someone like almost like a sort of Leighton Baines was back in the day, where you just sort of were like, yeah, he's a solid player. I could see him. I could at some point foreseeably see somebody like Man City or a Chelsea just being like buying them, and yeah. everyone being like, oh yeah, that that makes sense, really. Surprised they managed to prize him away from Everton, sort of thing. Yeah, which is which makes his his fee again. Even if he had a couple of years left on his contract and he's twenty eight, but still, that's still really low. But you know, good for us. And he sort of ticks the boxes of you know he's he's predominantly an attacker player because I saw again it's you know it's Twitter so you take it with a pinch of salt but it is just interesting to have a a, a bit of kind of context to to things mm-hmm. and it seemed to be in some of the more rational discussions a lot of wolves fans were saying that spurs have got another thing coming if they if they think they've signed a solid right back in him 
but as a kind of more like winger, he's mm-hmm. mustard. You know, um, it seems to be there's a touch of the Orioles about him defensively, a bit suspect and what have you. But you know, it's that's as we've seen, as we sort of touched on well, earlier. Yeah. We don't play really with a right back or a left back potentially, seemingly. So you know, it's in, that's an interesting point, but point me to one club who could say of their fullbacks in particular that they're live that they are no they're great at attacking and they're great at defending yeah i mean even trent you really get that yeah even trent you're like mate he's one of the best attacking players in the league defensively question marks that's just he's ropey as fuck i i I honestly think i know it sounds ridiculous you know you know how dare anyone critique anything to do with liverpool and trent alexander arnold's a generational talent like he's mm. he's one of the you know top five probably top three in his position in the world now mm-hmm. um were you know the galacticos and barcelona whoever else on a level above liverpool and premier league teams which i'm not so sure they are anymore you would see him being like a real madrid type you know marquee signing but you know liverpool are probably best team in the world at the moment um, but he's, I still think he's people target him. He's ropey as fuck defensively, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And like you say, yeah. Then on the flip side, you got someone like Aaron Bissaka, who's a fine defensive player, but going forwards, not so good. So you know. Yeah. So again, that's just my point about perspective, isn't it? Yeah. So all, all, you know, it's, it's 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 the same same everywhere. But I still I just think good solid again solid signing not breaking the bank because again we're we're probably skint or in some respects skint we need these kind of foundational players as it were to to, to just kind of as Poch said rebuild you know Hoybier might do great for a couple of seasons and then do a bit of a Palacios Palacios sorry or Wanyama when they were brilliant and then suddenly the team sort of overtook them and then they just stood yeah. out as being muck or you know that their, their form dipped off so well, it's a bit of we Scott know, Parker that's as where well, we are right like he yeah he sort of came in gave Modric and maybe Hoybier is a bit of a Scott Parker you know mm. could be that sort mm. of thing but yeah mm. I know what you mean it's uh it's an interesting one um I mean there is there's one massive hole here which ain't my great yabbering gob for once um <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, a striker, an on, an ongoing conversation um, at Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a big one to unpack this. So give us give us your give us your your hot takes first of all, mate. Um, my view is that when we were being linked with players like earlier on, like Deeney or and, and to some respects Callum Wilson, or that, that's probably doing him a disservice, but. I kind of envisioned it. We just we needed like a slightly more mobile Lorente type figure, and then it went from that kind of backup striker who can come on and just take the pressure off Kane here or there, to then a second striker, mm. someone who's gonna score ten, fifteen goals a season or something that we're gonna be then sort of spending twenty five, thirty mil on that sort of bracket, and. I don't know if we've got ourselves confused. I mean, yeah, all right, great. Having having another fantastic striker who's not as good as Kane, but few are, if any, would be good. But 
I, I don't I, I I thought it was quite again we just needed like a functional player in that in that in that position a backup striker isn't a um, primary concern for most teams just in the same way a third choice keeper isn't so I don't know why we haven't managed to just say not that oh they're due but kind of the fact that we're going into the game tomorrow with again 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 Kane as our only out and out striker in in the in the squad is just a bit bizarre and all right you can say that no one's going to want to play second fiddle to Kane and you're like well some players would yeah Lorente did Troy Deeney for instance might I mean I think he's actually a bit too far gone now you know look at how he was the end of last season he could he could barely even play for them in their running because I know he probably fell out with Pearson but I think his knees were basically yeah. imploding so um, I don't know I mean what what's the latest so so we saw it was Milik and then Deeney's name popped up Daka Ed Daka who's now off the book yeah Eduard from Celtic who again feels like oh hang on a minute so we're getting some I mean I don't know a hell of a lot about him but you go from thinking what's this great striker we're going to get to then suddenly back to this idea of just just the body yeah again I don't I don't know too much about Eduard so I think he he's might supposed be to be quite tidy yeah so but again so I don't I don't really know what is kind of a bit concerning again talk too much about transfers because don't know what the don't know the workings of things. Don't know what's who we've been linked in and and where we are with the deals or whatever. But just again feels a bit strange that we're now the names keep getting kind of thrown out. And again, you know, caveat ITK and journalists, whatever. But we 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 we've known about this position, so it felt like it could have been quite a straightforward one yeah. to do. All right, Callum Wilson, you know, he would have been really good and I think he would have been better than, you know, just just a body in that position. But you can understand why he's gone to, to Newcastle to play every game, injury permitting. So fair play to him. Um So yeah, so what what are your thoughts? Like it just it just again feels like we're I don't know, scratching around for for someone when we've had our we've got we had our targets and not pulled the trigger. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, for, like my my immediate thoughts are, you know, Christ, how ungrateful we were when we had Lorente on the bench. You know, yeah, that people yeah, yeah, would yeah. moan about the times when we had Lorente to call upon, who, on reflection, had a fine Tottenham career, in my opinion. You know, yeah, he did yeah, everything just... he needed to do when called upon. Like that, it, yeah. it just seems strange. People kind of. A lot of the criticism at the time seems to be, oh, he looks a bit rusty, his touch is a bit this. It's like, but, you know, he sits on the bench for most of the season and he's yeah. happy to do so. But yeah. he's got experience. He he knows how to play. In, he definitely knew how to play in big games. That's something you can say of him. Um, yeah. And he was just a very talented player. Uh, it's a shame that we couldn't have held on to him, really, before he went off to Napoli. I think he might be a free agent again now. And to be honest, I wouldn't be overly averse to just getting him in because... <laughs> to be honest, mate, I wouldn't be surprised if it's happening. It's like yeah. Michelle Vaughan going and being like, yeah. oh, hi. Because, um, I mean, we are kind of at the point now where ultimately, like you say, it's it's bizarre. And I'm, I'm sort of letting it wash over me 
to a degree because uh, you know as much as it would be nice to bring in somebody like Daka who I I sort of thought yeah this feels like one we get done like you know mm. we've been linked with Josh King and Wilson and Watkins um that there's a lot of noise around this and people are getting oh you know why are we losing out to Aston Villa and all this sort of thing and I'm always a bit like well you know if we really wanted a player we're really that convinced we're not going to lose out to Aston Villa are we so get a fucking grip you know yeah, I yeah mean, and you got to remember that the player does have a decision as well do you want to play second fiddle to yeah. but I mean there's, there's, or... there's also that difference right as in as being like all right yeah you know 20 mil for the championship's top score is probably fair but Whatever it is, 32, 33 yeah. mil that Villa. What you, you, I, I, yeah, again, I understand it. We want options and stuff, but 33 mil on a player that, and I'm sorry, like maybe Watkins will prove me completely wrong. I'm sure he listens to this and will be, you know, be pinning my face to the dressing room wall, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm of that profile. Um, but. You know, when you when you do the famous old looking at a YouTube compilation, he just looks he looks like an average to good championship striker. His technique, mm. he's one of those like swings his foot at it, gets a big header on the odd sort of ball that gets lumped into the box that we don't really do anyway. Type strikers, no. which is great, but you know, I we I don't, I don't you know, I'd rather we sign Troy Deeney on a free transfer. And spent thirty five million pounds on somebody like that, yeah. So I don't take yeah. it as in like spend some fucking money, Levy. Like, and I'm I'm not you you know, and people that listen to this now, I'm not like a Levy apologist. I'll criticise him when I feel the need to, but there's a yeah. difference between just fucking chucking money at anything and having some sort of measured approach to it. But what there yeah. isn't really an excuse for is not having anybody. And I and the thing I won't accept from Levy or from All or Nothing that whatever his name is Hitchens is it the head of recruitment? Yeah. How they gave it all this. Absolutely oh, hates his job. Yeah, it's more <laughs> difficult than you think. It's like well, yeah, I'm sure it is, mate. But it's your fucking job at the end of the day. Yeah. Like yeah. are you telling me what Spurs can't? As you were saying, Spurs can't sign anyone. This idea that we can't get anybody to play second fiddle to Kane because mm. that's bollocks, you know, mm. like that, mm. that is actually bollocks. It's disingenuous. You know, it doesn't have to be a DACA. It doesn't have to be kind of, you know, uh, an up and coming player that wants to establish themselves or somebody like Callum Wilson that wants to get back on the map. There are just players that can come in and do a job here and there, you know, and mm. it's your job to find them. And you haven't done so for what, two, three years now. So, yeah, whatever. Like, I just think, get it done. We need somebody. We we apps. Look at the fixtures. Like, look at the pileup. We need somebody. By all accounts, Troy Parrott went there. You know, and that's that's fine. Again, I don't. Even in this situation, I don't begrudge just sending the lad out on loan for the greater good because he looks like he's going to be a special player. And yeah, I'd rather I think we so. Don't rush somebody who doesn't potentially have the maturity to to really m- make. Uh, make his make his claim now. You know, maturity is the thing that's often cited, right? That's the thing. It's yeah. people say behind yeah. the scenes he's still a bit. He's a kid because he is a fucking Daft. kid, you know. Yeah. Um. And I don't. Uh, yeah, you don't want to risk that. You, you you know, let him let him get a few more airs on his chest and come back, and he'll be you know 
there to potentially even take the take the mantle when Kane does one or whatever if that ever happens because yeah. he yeah. looks like he's in that same mold. It's almost like bizarre how much he, his technique and composure looks like Harry Kane when you see some of these sort of training montages of him. But if he's not ready, I don't want to rush him. Um, but what I do want is for Spurs to just sign anyone. Um, my 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 boss um, is actually a Watford fan, and sort of going back to what you were saying there is, I, I was very on board with Deeney, but he was like, at, like mate, on a level because I was like, ah, but we'd only play him for ten minutes here and there. He's like, mate, that's literally all we were doing by the end, and even yeah. then, he's shot like he's just like you say, his knees are packed in, he's done like. Because um, I, I was sort of bought into the whole, like, oh, imagine him coming on and being a horror in the last 10 minutes of a North London derby, but it seems to be even... Yeah, maybe a season ago, that's the thing, but he yeah. just he just kind of fell off, didn't he? Yeah. So, unfortunately, because, yeah, I mean, and, and you took, you know, similar sort of Joe Hart-like um, personality where bellowing at people, I think it's clear from the uh, documentary that, that that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't go. It doesn't go everywhere. I don't want to talk about the documentary too much because it's been, as you say, done to death. But it is quite funny the editing sometimes when they're like, you know, either Harry or Hugo's like shouting at them and saying, "Come on, guys, we're going to do this." Then it cuts to them just like wandering around the pitch, letting Red Star Belgrade waltz past them. Yeah, enjoyable. I I do also wonder as well. Um... It's all right to maybe bring in a, a you know a two-time Premier League winner to shout them, but I think probably and fair enough, you know, if you have got someone like Deeney in there who is a big personality in a club like a Watford or something, you bring him in and he yeah. starts trying to get a bit chippy with Son, Kane, so on and so forth. They will be like, "Fuck off, mate!" Like, who yeah, are you? Yeah. You know, like you've won fuck all. You're a journeyman. You know, sharp. Yeah, you're just some bloke with a big gob that's decent at yeah. football. But I actually quite like Deeney. I think he comes. I do. Quite well. I do really like him as well. Yeah, he's, he speaks very well. He's very interesting. On... I mean, I don't necessarily agree with everything he no, says, no, no. but I think it's very just refreshing to kind of. He was good on Louis Theroux's pod. I don't know if you heard yeah, that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. And and he's... speaking of pods, yeah. sorry, go on. No, no, go on, mate. Go on. Just to say that Joe Hart on Neda Madua's pod as well was really good. Yeah, they, I liked they, it. they they did it just before or just after he kind of announced that he was coming to Spurs. That was a again a kind of a, an illuminating uh, listen. Gives you a different context of somebody you thought you had pinned down as a certain uh, certain personality type. It's decent, wasn't it? I do, yeah, mm. I really liked it. It was just interesting to see him almost like reflect on the fact that like you know he did, uh, he kind of still feels like he's a bit too alpha to really delve into it but his sort of the way he brushed on the impact it had on his mental health and things like that mm. you kind of mm. you think fucking hell man like these even guys like him they're not they're not impervious to 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 life and to the scrutiny that they're under you know um yeah but that that's the fallacy of confidence isn't it that yeah. it's just it doesn't actually exist anywhere it's just people know how to kind of present it and wall themselves off. But once that kind of chips away, you know, there isn't actually any resilience in anyone. 
No. That's a bit fucking bleak, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, mate, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Um, w- as we are talking about strikers, um, it-, it doesn't seem to be officially announced yet, but uh, pretty stratospheric signing for Tottenham. And I mean that genuinely. Yeah. In Alex yeah, Morgan yeah, yeah. coming to Tottenham. Like, I think that's, I you know, just hot takes and everything aside, I... I get the kind of angle where people say, oh, it's just a cynical PR move from Tottenham, aligning us with a US audience. These things may and probably are all true, but mm. I think there's a massive net good to this. I think there's a huge net good to raising the profile of the women's team and just women's football, the WSL, everything in general. Like I was yes, talking to Raj about this off air and he he, the, he basically gave it the perfect example of it is it's David Beckham going to the MLS in in reverse, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's um, you know, not to, I don't want to sound disingenuous, but it is exciting. You know, it I don't, is. I don't watch women's football. I've got quite enough on my plate with the men's team, and I, I just haven't got space to take on any more anguish. But I, I just think it's it's a brilliant move for us. And as you say, yeah, cynical PR move, but she could have gone somewhere else. But she came to. But does she know she's not going to be playing in this? A big stadium every week though. I, I, I like reckon it feels I, like a scam I know but I, I reckon given the kind of the circumstances yeah. around match yeah. days and such I, I have a sneaking suspicion that the women's team will be playing in the stadium this season and they absolutely don't, yeah, they absolutely should there's, there's absolutely no reason it is a bit embarrassing I think we were saying yesterday it's a bit embarrassing for Spurs that they, they've only just kind of acknowledged the, the women's team because I don't think they even allowed them to be called Tottenham Hotspur ladies. Is that I, right? I have no they idea. They were called Spurs. There's something like that. It wouldn't I'm, again, surprise I might be, me, though. We haven't I got very based on rumors. good history, yes, if uh, rumors to be believed of the the women's team. So, you know, but hopefully this is, you know, it's a, like we say, it's, it's a Caesar change. And whether it's cynical or not, there's a, there's a net good to it, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's many problematic <laughs> takes on what I'm saying. I'm I'm just you know presenting it as I sort of see it. No, that's I all. I don't know. Um, not that we're an echo chamber, and I think no, no, sounds no. sounds fine to me. <laughs> but I just want to say, how, for how many weeks? Well, up until the end of like the uh, transfer window, certainly, if this Alex Morgan thing gets announced like today or or tomorrow, how many gammons are going to be making the joke about? Can she can she play back up to Kane? Ha ha, ha 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 ha. Weeks and weeks and weeks. That's why they need to sign a, a striker. Just yeah. so people stop making that fucking joke. I wonder if I that's mean my PSA. You'd think. I mean, there's that part of me that's like, yeah, yeah. I reckon the the club will hold off on announcing that, but I think the club's grip on PR is not not generally the best, is it? So, yeah. well, the, the Doherty signing with it, the Arsenal thing was was pretty funny. It was actually. Yeah, for for them they do they do it all, they do all right you know with George Kevin and Kudu when they had the whole where is he he's stuck in a hotel thing that was pretty funny. I thought it was such a joyless reaction from a lot of Spurs fans as well to that to the Doherty thing like joyless Spurs yeah. fans we've never heard of such a thing. Get over you. this is what the club is now. <laughs> shut up we're signing Gooners yeah we do <laughs> fuck off shut up like these men are like they're professional fucking footballers he he yeah. doesn't he doesn't wear an Arsenal kit under his Tottenham kit do you know what I mean and yeah. secretly tries to sabotage games like grow up. You know, yeah, right? Grow up. That that is a. Uh... That's coming from me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's rich. Yeah, exactly. That is rich. You know, 
Um, but yeah, Alex yeah, Morgan, yeah, I, I genuinely, great. I don't want to sound disingenuous. I'm not being sarcastic. I think it's, I think it's brilliant for the club. I think it's, it's yeah. great. It's, it's a yeah. brilliant thing, and you know, I think it is like you say, it's genuinely very exciting. Um, mm. So yeah, it's great. Um, I guess you know, sort of to come into the closing stages ahead of tomorrow. We are going to be playing Everton, a team who seem to, every single summer, spend a lot of money and mm -hmm. make our fan base particularly angry. Look at what Everton yeah. are spending money on, yet consistently finish way behind us. Uh, we beat them all the time, yet <laughs> we still don't seem to learn from that in that maybe spending loads and loads of money doesn't always work out that well. But is it yeah. different this time? No. Do you not <laughs> no, think? Football, fo football has a very, weirdly a very short memory about things. This happens, it's the same thing with Arsenal. They always seem like they're going to do something. All right, yeah, FA Cup, whatever, who cares? But Everton, again, they're still Everton in their DNA. And you know what that means as a Spurs fan. We're still Spurs in our DNA, no mm. matter kind of what you can do. I'm not concerned about them at all. You know, they might beat us tomorrow. Yeah. But that's, you know, beside the point, really. I, I don't suddenly see this like it's it's a new um, statement of intent from them that they're going to, you know, squeeze us out of the running for the top five, let alone top four or anything like that. It's unfortunately they're still Everton. And um, so, no, I, I'm not concerned. I'm, again, I'm not saying that as to sort of like mug off the whole club because we have lots of similarities, us yeah. and Everton, as every Spurs and Ever Everton fan knows. Um, so, you know, I know, I know, I, I know this game. I've, I've seen this. I've seen us do it. I've seen other teams do it. I've seen Everton do it over and over again. All right, maybe they'll strike lucky one time, but I just don't think buying loads of new players certainly in the kind of like the positions that they've they've bought them in is going to suddenly create this amazing well-oiled functional team the, the i agree they with still you. have michael Keane at the back right yeah and i do agree with you however i do think the outlier here the mitigating factor is ancelotti i think that is low-key yeah. a very exciting prospect for the club you know if if we in the in the respect that we kind of yeah. there is that rationality to the Mourinho I think even people who are loath to admit that you know there's anything positive about bringing in Mourinho as a manager people will recognize that he's been there done it and is still probably recognized as one of the greatest football managers of all time Ancelotti's comparable, you know. Yeah, and again, I don't know if this is just um, I'm going to contradict myself, but Ancelotti's gone to Everton. I just he's a great manager, but he's not like a miracle worker, and he's not at the peak of his powers. And again, I don't know a hell of a lot about Ancelotti's approach and what his kind of mo is for things, but. You know that Everton needs a complete mm. DNA rewrite, like we are in the process of doing. You know, new stadium, and then, but we're st we're still the same little club in a massive 
golden cage, right? Yeah. And Everton are so far behind in that in the terms of that um, progress that again, it feels like I'm being harsh on them. I'm not, and you know, I, I enjoy it when they they do well as long as they're not doing better than us because you know it gives us some hope that some of these in quotes decent clubs are actually getting somewhere. But I'm not in any way sort of concerned about them. You can play this at the end of the season when they finish like twenty points above us. Of course, but <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know. At the moment, I just I don't. You know, I just I, I can't get I can't get worried about things like this anymore because this is what happens at the start of every season. Yeah. We start shitting ourselves about what other teams have done when actually we're we're decent enough. You know, our, our club is an envious club at the minute. I know we have had a muck couple of seasons you know, in the league, certainly, and whatever, but we're doing all right. We're decent. We are solid. We're, we're decent. Yeah. We're decent. And I think we need to sort of recognise that a bit more. It's, you, you, you know, you yeah. can't, you can only spend so long benchmarking yourself against teams like City, you know, really. Um, and maybe the Pochettino era skewed our expectations somewhat. Um, I, I still don't think it skewed it. I think it shifted them. Um, and rightfully so, because skewed to me suggests that it was based on some sort of a falsehood, and I don't agree with that. I think Pochettino established something tangible and did take the club onto another level. Um, as, he did, but yeah, you know, as as I feel that Levy has done to a degree to give him his dues, um, whether or not you like it, whether or not you like the machinations of modern football, they mm. are here, they exist. And they're not unique to Tottenham Hotspur. Knocking down White Hart Lane, building a big stadium, having glossy brand partnerships. It's melty. It might not be what you grew up with, but it's what football is now. And Levy yeah, has aligned absolutely. the club with modern football, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's Adapt just what it die, is. die, right? Yeah. And like you touched on there, we are still the the little bird in the big golden cage, if you like, now. Um, mm. And maybe Pochettino, and w- this is where I have my kind of thoughts on Levy, um, is that maybe it is time for Levy to step back a bit. And it seems like he's done yeah. that a bit now. It yeah, seems it does, like, it does. Yeah, you know, he's he's definitely built the club from where we were, um, from being this kind of, you know, tin pot, mid-table Premier League team, that yeah, was always seen as a bit of a sleeping giant, but that was more about you know our the fairy tales we told ourselves. We were shite, like we were yeah. shite before Enoch came in, and we really were for the for the entirety of the Premier League. We were yeah. shite, you know. And we weren't we weren't great before that, you know. It's what it's one hundred thirty eight years the club's birthday recently. We haven't won that many trophies. No. In 138 years, I know like the first, you know, 30 or 40 are, are write-offs because of wars or whatever. But we haven't, we, we, we aren't actually like pound for pound that successful. No, Everton, Everton so, are miles bigger than us in terms of yeah. history. Everton have won like fucking, what, four, five league titles or something? It's yeah. like late as the 80s as well. Um, Oh God, they're going to batter us tomorrow. Well, I don't know. I'm, like you say, I'm not. I'm. I'm not convinced that they're gonna, you know, come out of nowhere and do something. I just think they might be a, a, a quietly good. They might be this season's wolves. 
Let's just put yeah, it that way. Yeah. I think yeah, they, they, be... they, they will have enough on their day to kind of yeah. upset some teams, but they'll still have those goose in it 2-0 yeah, against yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Leeds or something like that, right? Rodriguez um, is very exciting. I think he's their van der Vaart, actually. I think yeah, I can actually yeah. I can see a world very clearly where he scores a winner against us tomorrow. And he announces and, and, himself yeah. and then disappears for five games, you know? Yeah. And how many years ago did we get Van der Vaart? So that's an excellent kind of comparison, I think. A decade that, ago. No? Exactly. So that's, I think they are a decade. Again, there might not be a decade's worth of points between us. No, I know what you mean, though. In terms of them, them actually sort of musting us out of the way in, in the long term. Yeah. I don't think, I, don't, I think they're miles away from it. I think they, I think Everton fans probably are aware of that as well. Again, doesn't mean they can't beat us. Yeah. But. Yeah. West Brom can beat us. Um, I'm so yeah, fucking annoyed that, they're back in the Premier League as well because you just know well, that's how, dropped points yeah. already. Yeah, and like, oh, it's as much as you know, Leeds are Leeds. I mean, it is going to be quite interesting to see them back, especially with Bielsa. But then you've got that completely tempered by the fact that West Brom are back. Yeah. How do they keep doing it? I different managers, know. different setups, different players. What? Do you know what they are? They are the Chelsea of the Championship. That team that just like, like, because I always think this, I, uh, you know, I think Chelsea had one decent team, that early Mourinho team, where they actually looked like they were yeah. an attractive, contrary to belief about Mourinho's football, but like an attractive team to watch. A lot of personalities. There was that, even as a Spurs fan that detests them, there was that begrudging admiration for them on a certain level. But yeah. really, ever since then, they're just. Even like you know the Conte season when they pipped us to the fucking title sixteen yeah. seventeen, they were just boring. They came out of nowhere. They capitalised on the other big mm-hmm. teams not really being there, and it's just what they do. And it just seems to be that's what West Brom are. You know, they're that team that knows how to play the championship, and then takes that step up, and then everyone's suddenly like, "Oh fuck off, you shite! Nobody wants you." Yeah. You know? Just draining the life out of the room. The energy vampires of the Premier League. They really are, aren't they? Yeah. Horrible. Oh, where we got to go? The Hawthorns out, for fuck's sake. But, um, yeah, I mean, that that's it. Would you uh, hazard a prediction? For tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, it's a bit milquetoast to say 2-1 Spurs, isn't it? But I think 2-1 Spurs is decent. Yeah. Decent I'd... shout. I'd go with that two on two on Spurs or two on to Everton. I think that's sort of the way I can see it going either mm. way. Mm. Um, I guess as well, expanding on that for the season itself, our aim top four. You reckon? Getting, Always, yeah. In. And I, yeah. I, I think you know top four would be massive. Um, but personally, I just you know last two seasons we've been terrible. We've performed terribly. Even when we've won most times, we've performed terribly. And it's not. this is not, oh, I want us to play the Spurs way or anything. I just don't want to have us lose <laughs> of a weekend, you know? I just no. want to yeah. watch us a functional 2-0, 3-1 win, and that's that's it. No, I don't have to worry about it. That's that's my, that's not an expectation, that's a hope. But that that's kind of what I want from this season. And, and doing that will get us up the, up the league. And I think that... Um, but yeah, it shouldn't be too much to ask. Just it? a bit of football that can be quite fun as you're wrapping your lips around a jar of pale ale. Oh, and right, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Slapping, <laughs> yeah, slapping fucking Steady. chicken wings in your mouth. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, there you go. 
wonderful. Well, That's all I want. All right, Phil. Well, uh, thanks for coming. I hope you've enjoyed uh, your your maiden studio. 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 Uh... I have absolutely loved every moment of this. It's just talking to me, isn't it? It's just, it's a joy. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a ray of sunshine, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, thanks for coming on, mate. It's been, uh, it's My been, pleasure. been a pleasure. And uh, let's, uh, let's hope the lads can do the business tomorrow. Come on, you yeah. spurs. Yes, that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.